0: Next, on the 5 o'clock report. Fighter aircraft successfully took down a high altitude airborne object. I'm not classifying it as a balloon right now. There could still be survivors here. You never know. never
1: know. It's
2: not personal.
0: Now, let's go to the newsroom.
2: UFO shootdown. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. Another shootdown over U.S. airspace. At the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. The Pentagon reporting it has shot down another smaller object, this time over Alaska. What we do know is that it was smaller, less maneuverable, and flying lower than that Chinese spy balloon downed off the coast of South Carolina. It's unknown whether this one also came from China. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. I'm not classifying it as a balloon right now. It's an object. We're still trying to learn more from it. That it landed on, on, what, on water that is frozen could help us assist, make it easier for us. To, to try to recover some of the debris, uh, U.S. Northern Command is examining what the possibilities for that are. Kirby says President Biden ordered the shootdown of the as-yet unidentified object. Efforts are underway to recover this new debris thought to have crashed into ice near the Alaska coast, but retired General Jack Keane tells Fox News it's going to be challenging.
0: It would take actually some time to get helicopters up there to try to recover. It's not like something mm-hmm. happened off the east coast of the United States where we have a plethora of military bases and very responsive access by sea as well as by air. This is a very remote part of the world and a remote part. Of the United States.
2: As for that confirmed Chinese spy balloon downed off the coast of South Carolina, recovery efforts continue. Reports say the bulk of that balloon's payload has been located on the seafloor, mostly intact, but has not yet been recovered due to rough seas. <laughs> A call to prayer in Syria, where recovery remains the theme, along with Turkey, where people are still being pulled out of the rubble alive, left by a catastrophic earthquake.
1: Against the odds, a mother is
2: reunited with her young daughter. An unforgettable hug matched by a
1: priceless smile.
2: The BBC's Howard Johnson. Bob George is there also with U.S. aid, along with a sniffer dog named Shadow.
1: There could still be survivors
2: here. We hope so, and that's why we're going to keep trying. Rescue worker Caitlin Hannan's there, too. She says they keep going despite the cold and the risk of additional building collapses. I don't
0: think it would come down right now, but you just never know with a secondary earthquake.
1: You never know. You never know. For
2: survivors, hypothermia is now a real and present danger.
1: The World Health Organization is now warning of this second humanitarian disaster if those survivors don't get access to food and water, to shelter, and to medicine as fast as possible. In addition, an untold number, number of people, we're told, may have already died from hypothermia in the past four days while buried under that rubble.
2: CBS's Ramian Asensio now to Ukraine, where Russian missiles have struck again. Russia launched
1: a barrage of missiles and drones into six regions of Ukraine, once again hitting power stations. In the capital, they shot down six missiles, according to the mayor. In neighboring Moldova,
2: they've summoned the Russian ambassador because one of the Russian missiles flew over that country. CBS's Cami McCormick, and in Jerusalem, 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 another terrorist attack.
1: Palestinian rammed his car into a crowded bus stop here in Jerusalem, creating a scene of panic. Police shot and killed the assailant, who was identified as an Arab resident of East Jerusalem. It's the latest in a spiral of violence in Israel's capital, including a deadly shooting attack at a synagogue two weeks ago. Bob Berger
2: in Jerusalem. Back on the home front now. Federal authorities at former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home this afternoon, looking for any more wayward classified documents. That move was expected, and it does not involve a search warrant. Pence has also been subpoenaed by the DOJ. That is part of its Donald Trump probe. Legal analyst Jessica Levinson says that's not necessarily a bad thing for Pence. He can go back and say to Trump and others,
1: look, I was compelled by a court order, by a subpoena, to provide this information. It's not personal.
2: Also in Washington, they're still buzzing over a meeting of the Weaponization of Federal Government Subcommittee hearing.
1: I have never seen anything like this. Dozens and dozens of whistleblowers, FBI agents coming to us talking about what's going on, the political nature at the Justice Department.
2: Ohio Republican James Jordan, but Maryland Democrat James Raskin says the subcommittee itself is a problem. Millions of Americans already fear that weaponization is the right name for this special subcommittee. Not because weaponization of the government is its target, but because weaponization of the government is its purpose. Other headlines this afternoon. Florida Senator Rick Scott calling President Biden a liar for claiming he wants to cut Social Security and Medicare. Scott says he has no intentions to cut those entitlement programs. He hosted a roundtable today to deliver a formal rebuttal. New details out about that six-year-old student who shot a teacher in Virginia. The Washington Post reports the kid told classmates at recess that he planned to shoot Abigail's Werner, According to an attorney for the family of the student who witnessed the threat, the kid also threatened to kill classmates if they told anyone. And Chick-fil-A next week begins testing a plant-based sandwich in a few test markets. Diners in Denver, Colorado, Charleston, South Carolina, and Greensboro, North Carolina will have the opportunity to try the new Chick-fil-A cauliflower sandwich. That sandwich billed is a marinated and breaded tender-cut filet of cauliflower pressure-cooked and served on a buttery bun with pickles. As long as you have enough butter, anything can work. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, charges dismissed in a southern-tier school case. Bye bye New York mask mandate. And Damar Hamlin steals the show and then gives it back.
0: I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your family life regional weather forecast. We'll find partly cloudy skies in central and eastern Pennsylvania, partly to mostly cloudy skies elsewhere. With flurries, a touch of lake snow southeast of the lakes. Could be a couple inches in localized areas. Low temps 20s. On Saturday, some morning lake flakes in the belts, but it'll turn out fairly sunny with high temps 30s to near 40. Sunday, mostly sunny, less afternoon chill in the 40s. Clouds will increase though. Sunny afternoon across parts of southern, central, and eastern Pennsylvania.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Checking the stories now, making news where you live across New York and PA. An assistant principal in the Southern Tier will no longer face criminal charges relating to a student complaint about inappropriate behavior or lax follow-up. The school district
0: announced today that prosecutors had dropped child endangerment and other charges against Hornell High Assistant Principal Eli Marcus. The Hornell Board of Education statement said its own investigation into what happened was put on hold until the legal case was resolved. The internal investigation has restarted. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News.
2: Thanks, Greg. New York State is going to allow mask mandates to end this Sunday at hospitals and health care facilities. This is one of the last remaining COVID area requirements to expire. More from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. Yeah, the masking requirement applied to staff, patients, and visitors in hospitals and health care settings
1: regardless of vaccination status. Acting Health Commissioner Dr. James McDonald said the decision to not request a renewal reflects a period of transition thanks to decreasing infections and hospitalizations. However, individual hospitals and facilities could still enact their own masking rules. Jeremy
2: Miller, Family Life News. Thank you, Jeremy. Now to Buffalo. It does not fit. That's Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority Executive Director Gillian Brown talking about the city's Marine Drive apartments. It's a prominent cluster of seven low-income apartment towers on the Buffalo waterfront, which are nearing the end of the road. Brown tells WIVB it's time for them to come down.
0: When Marine Drive was built in 1951, it was the only
2: thing on the waterfront. And in the last 50 or so years, it's
1: Become the worst thing on the waterfront.
2: Plans call for those towers, which currently have over 600 apartment units, to be replaced by a mix of townhomes, three- and five-story buildings, and maybe one larger tower, all offering considerable improvements over the current facilities, including large apartments, covered parking, and green space. The $400 million project will take several years to complete. Upstate New York's first recreational marijuana dispensary opens this afternoon in Binghamton. That story from Family Life's Brandon Dixon. The pot shop is called just Breathe, and it's the third to commence with cannabis operations in the Empire State. The other two are in New York City. More marijuana dispensaries are expected to open in the coming weeks, except in five regions where they are currently blocked by a judge's order. Those regions include Central New York, the Finger Lakes, Mid-Hudson Valley, Western New York, and Brooklyn. Pro-family forces question the wisdom of marijuana legalization, especially at a time of record drug overdoses. Many law enforcement Enforcement officials are concerned about an increase in crime and drugged driving from the commercialization of marijuana. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thanks, Brandon. Breaking the world record for the largest snowball fight ever requires a couple of things, not the least of which is enough snow. But as most in Rochester know full well, this winter has been a clunker when it comes to snow accumulation. The Pirate Toy Fund had hoped to stage the four-fun snowball fight for charity in the town of Chile next week, but called a news conference to call things off for the season.
1: It's all about the community, about the safety, and even though we want to do something positive, you go back and talk to your weather people at your station and ask them about the snow count, and they'll tell you, you know, we're way behind, so unfortunately it it couldn't come through.
2: I'm sure our meteorologist Kevin Williams would vouch for that. Even areas where feet of snow fell off the lakes during the early part of the season, the ground is now mostly mud. That every dog owner can attest to. Pennsylvania now. Senator John Fenneman remains in a D.C. hospital at last report. A statement from his spokesman says the 53-year-old Pennsylvania Democrat says even though there are no further signs of another stroke, he's being monitored with an EEG for signs of a seizure. Legislation in the Pennsylvania House rewards schools that voluntarily discontinue Native American mascots. Under the proposed bill, schools would be able to use grant funds to offset costs associated with discontinuing Native American mascots. A March 2022 report by the National Congress of American Indians found 45 districts and 113 schools in Pennsylvania continue to use Native-themed mascots. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thank you, Terry. Well, Pennsylvania's governor's ready for his home state Eagles to win another Super Bowl. Josh Shapiro releasing a Twitter video ahead of the big game where he held up an Eagles jersey. I couldn't be more excited to be able to wear one of these in February. Fly, Eagles, fly. The Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday in Arizona, of course. Eagles are looking for yet another title. They won the Lombardi Trophy last in 2018. While those two teams bask in the spotlight, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin stole the show at the NFL's awards program last night. Hamlin, still recovering from his on-field cardiac arrest several weeks ago, did not bask in that spotlight for long. Instead, he turned it right back to where it truly belongs. Give a listen.
0: Every day, I am amazed that my experiences could encourage so many others across the country and even across the world. Encourage to pray, encourage to spread love, and encourage to keep fighting no matter the circumstances. Sudden cardiac arrest was nothing I would have ever chosen to be a part of my story. But that's because sometimes our own visions are too small, even when we think we are seeing the bigger picture. My vision was about playing in the NFL and being the best player that I could be. But God's plan was to have a purpose greater than any game in this world.
2: Amen to that, sir. All right, your nightly market report is next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margalotti.
0: Stocks today closing out the week with a mixed session. Ride-sharing platform Lyft providing disappointing earnings and guidance after the bell yesterday as they saw a third of their share value disappear. Treasury yields fluctuating through the session, moving generally higher, potentially in anticipation of next week's Consumer Price Index report, which is the main gauge of inflation. Oil rose to nearly $80 a barrel today. The Dow gaining 169 points. The S&P 500 added 8 and the NASDAQ lost 71. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Online at
1: ambassadoradvisors.com.
2: Thank you, Dave. This is the 5 o'clock report on family life.
1: (laughs) Sacrificially generous people share several traits. Hi, I'm Rob West with the Faith and Finance Minute. Blogger Art Rayner writes about those commonalities in a post at faithfi.com. Here are a few of them. Sacrificially generous people are content. They've found their contentment in Christ, not in material things. Next, they overflow with gratitude. They're thankful to God for all his generous gifts right down to the air they breathe. Sacrificially generous people are overflowing. Open-handed, They hold the things of this world very loosely. And finally, such people tend to be incredibly joyful. They've learned that it is indeed more blessed to give than to receive. Their very generosity brings forth into their lives God's blessing of joy. Discover the best Christian financial articles, podcasts, and videos by visiting our website, faithfy.com, or by downloading FaithFi, faith and finance from your app store.
2: All right, coming up on the 5 o'clock report, a little bathroom humor, but trust us, this is the kind that's just good, clean fun.
0: I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Not a bad weekend coming up by February standards, unless you are a winter weather lover. Our call for tonight, we'll find partly cloudy skies in central and eastern Pennsylvania, partly to mostly cloudy skies elsewhere with flurries, a touch of lake snow southeast of the lakes. Could be a couple inches in localized areas southeast of Lake Syria and Ontario in the Belts, low temps, 20s. Tomorrow, some morning light clouds and flurries and spots, but it'll turn out fairly sunny. High temps 30s to near forty, and Sunday is mostly sunny with high temperatures then in the forties.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Finally at five.
1: It's just a fun neighborhood to live in. Everybody here just gets along.
2: That's Sean McGarry of Windsor, Colorado. Average homeowner, but with a not-so-average lawn decoration. It's an old toilet. Some pranking neighbors plopped the pot on his lawn a while back, but rather than become flush with anger, he went with the flow.
1: The first idea was decorate it. Have fun. Make people laugh. We have Thanksgiving, then we had Christmas, so I made it Santa's sleigh. Now we're to Valentine's Day, and I made a kissing booth.
2: Most of his neighbors have, perhaps not literally, embraced the comedic commode
1: be referred to it as their neighborhood support toilet. <laughs> I think it's the greatest thing.
2: But alas, the homeowners association is not grinning cheek to cheek, but McGarry says for now he'll let it roll and pay the fines. If it does have to go, though, his neighbor says that'd be a shame.
1: I know people try and drive by all the time to see what he has done with it. This is something that brings a lot of people joy and laughter and I don't think that we should be you know, um, poo-pooing that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well put, ma'am. By the way, McGarry says this porcelain has a purpose. His dad stressed to him the importance of humor in life and says the lawn loo has helped him live that out. Well, time for us to throw in the towel. That's the world we live in for Friday, February 10th, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. Have a blessed weekend. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.